RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Bauer Hour. I'm your host, Tim Lloyd, joined by my co-host, Justin Watson. And Justin, we were just talking earlier today that we may be, and this is not official, and nobody really knows, you may know by now, but maybe we are, are like within a week or so at the worst of this being your one-year anniversary as my co-host, man. So I'm going to go, like, I don't know, do you know if that's true, or is it, is it, are we past that already, or are we delinquent, or are we early? Yeah, I think uh, it would have been it would have been right around this time last year that I got started. So sometime we'll say this month probably. Yes, your anniversary month. That's a it's like a girl. You, you're you're <laughs> your birthday. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. So uh, of course we're we're here this week. We're gonna be recapping the uh, the Valor Fighting Championship or Valor Fighting Challenge, I should say. Uh, it went down this past. Friday night at the Cotton Eye Joe. It was number 62, and uh, we had a good night of fights. We'll be recapping all of that. It was it was another good one. Uh, a lot of action, a lot of finishes, a lot of violence. Uh, and then, of course, we're also going to be joined by our special guest this weekend, uh, or this week. It is Shanna Young, the Shannibal. She'll be joining us, and, of course, she's got a big fight coming up next Tuesday on Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, and so we're going to uh, touch base with her and see what's going on uh, in the lead-up to that fight. And then, of course, we're going to do a, a brief a recap of the UFC New Jersey show, Hot Sauce, and Gerald Mearshart, both victorious out there in New Jersey. We'll talk about that. And, of course, uh, an oh-so-brief, and I always say oh-so-brief, but, man, is it going to be brief, preview of UFC Uruguay. Justin, uh, you know, we don't usually keep you on board for the uh, Valor uh, show recaps and previews, but you were there, of course, uh, they're judging the action of a close to cage side in a in a brief uh, a, a brief synopsis of your thoughts on that that show. Oh man, it was a hell of a card. There was some some big knockouts and a couple of nasty submissions. Got to see a a, a twister in a pro fight that that's got to be a uh, one of very few. So um, it was it was a hell of a night of fights, man. No doubt, man. We'll we'll break it all down and get some uh, recaps and reactions. Uh, to all that here a little bit later, but let's start things off this week with our, our special guest, as I mentioned before. Let's get the Shanimal, Shanna Young on the line. All right, now joining us on the line, we've got the Shanimal, Shanna Young joining us. She's going to be taking on a very, very tough opponent in a very big stage here in about a little under a week now on Dana White's Contender Series. We'll talk about that as we jump into this conversation. How's it going, Shanna? Going good. <laughs> we appreciate you. We appreciate you joining us here just uh, about a week out from uh, what I would classify as the biggest fight of your career. You'll be taking on Sarah Alpar at Dana White's uh, Contender Series. That's going to be going down Tuesday of next week, the 13th. You can see that on ESPN Plus, uh, you know, and uh, so, so so let's talk. Let's, ju- let's jump right into that. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, preparation for this fight and how uh, how it all kind of came about. You know, we were uh, we were fortunate enough to host you, uh, I guess now it's been about four months ago uh, in your last fight, as well as January. You knocked off uh, and got the finish on a very tough Jessica Borga, who just uh, got a Bellator fight. So, uh, you know, you've been you've been busy here. You got two fights in so far. This will be your third of 2019. Let's talk a little bit about it. 
you know, I'm just, I'm super excited. As far as preparation, you know, every day's fight camp. I'm just, you know, going to the gym, doing the same things I do every day. A um, little bit more focused for this one, obviously. It's a big stage. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. I'm super excited. It's everything that I've worked for, you know, since I took my first fight when I was 16 years old. So, like, 12 years has been all leading up to this point. So, I can't wait. You know that's a that's a that is something that is uh, that's kind of a, a trivia fact about you. You know, like like you just said, took your first fight at uh, 16 years old, which is pretty awesome. Uh, obviously, for you know a teenager to be going out there and, and kicking ass like you were, but now, like I said, 12 years—that's it. Really, is a long time. You've been in this game, uh, you know, a lot longer than than most, and you know, uh, and you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't think that just coming across you you know obviously you're not you're not an old woman by any means you know you you're uh you know you, you heck you do our you know you do ring card girl work so you obviously you know you're put together look good looking girl but you know to say you've been in this for 12 years you know that is you've seen you've seen it all really at this point so it has to be uh you know gratifying to to finally be getting uh, some recognition here you know you got to fight with invicta you know, but this is this is like the real deal. This is a chance to really make it to that, you know, to the the level you're wanting to be at. So, uh, congratulations on that for sure. We're really excited to to see it go down. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about uh, what do you think about the opponent Alpar? She's got, uh, you know, you both have a, a pretty extensive record. Um, she looks okay. You know, um, she's she's got the reputation for a wrestler. I'm pretty sure she wrestled in college. Um, I haven't really done very much research on her. I'm. I'm excited to get in there. I'm excited to get in there with her. I'm, you know, I've been kind of training for a look that is a little specific to her style. So, I'm, you know, if we, if I get to stand and do what I normally do, that's cool. If I get to, you know, go to the ground and wrestle and do some more of my wrestling skills and stuff that I haven't got to do in a long time, that's cool too. You know, I'm just, I'm just excited. Honestly, you know, I've gotten to fight a lot this year and it's been really great to be able to be active, but, Gosh, when was my last one? Like February? It seems like it was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting for this fight, which, I mean, the fight did get moved back, but I do. I just feel like this fight has been forever getting here, and it's finally just a week away. So, you know, uh, you know, fighting in, on this stage, the Contender Series uh, program, uh, if, for those that aren't familiar, uh, you know, there's five fights every Tuesday. And if, if you fight well enough, then you've got the opportunity to earn a contract from Dana White himself. He's impressed with you. Lately, it seems like more winners than not are getting contracts. You know, there's been weeks where all five guys got the contract or all five competitors or four out of five, you know? So, so that's <laughs> gotta be, noticed that. that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be exciting for sure. Uh, at the same time, you know, uh, the people that kind of play it safe, uh, if it's obvious that they're, you know, kind of laying and praying and, uh, you know, just kind of uh, riding out the wind for a decision. They, it is still possible that they don't get that that contract just with a win. So does that does that put any extra pressure uh, on yourself to make sure you get that finish uh, or just to make sure you're at least exciting if, if it goes to a decision? Yeah, you know, I think I've always kind of had a reputation for being an exciting fighter. Um, I do have a lot of fights that have actually gone to decisions. Um, but that's not to say that they weren't absolute back and forth wars right. that were completely jam packed with action. Um, so, you know, especially in my early days, um, it's just, I, I've always kind of had a reputation for, for needing to go. Honestly, um, 
you know, some of my fights, I was actually training for them, and, you know, my coach was telling me, you know, relax a little, you know, learn how to pace the fight, learn how to control the fight a little bit, you know, stay back, take your time, and more than anything, that was the hardest thing for me to actually grasp. Like, in my mind, when I'm going and I'm doing stuff and there's all kinds of back-and-forth action, like, I'm winning, you know? So I'm not terribly worried about getting out there and lagging and not, not being exciting enough for Dana White. Of course, I've got my co-host on the line, Justin Watson. Justin, what you got for Shannon? Shannon, how's it going tonight? Going good. How are you? Doing pretty good. So... This fight was actually supposed to happen last month, right? Weren't you it originally? It happened the last second originally, and it got postponed. What was? Do you know what happened with that, or why? I have no idea what actually happened. I was just starting to like actually get focused and get into my fight camp. You know, it was six weeks to go time, and then I got an email that said it was pushed back another five weeks, and it was now eleven weeks. So it kind of like stalled my little my little fight camp. To, my focus camp, I guess, <laughs> going on. Yeah, was it hard to kind of get regrouped and, and get, you know, kind of remotivated to, to move back and, um, you know, to, to take the longer fight camp? Um, no, not necessarily. You know, I, I, I'm all mental. I guess we're all, all fighters are a little bit mental when it, <laughs> when it comes to actually getting in there. But, um, you know, I always go into fights with the attitude that, you know, I, I should have done more. I, I need to do more. I, I should train harder. I should go do this. I should go do all that. And uh, just pushing it back a little bit gave me a little more time and a little more opportunity to, like, do some of the things that I thought maybe I should have already done this before fun camp started. Of course, you know, it, I'm having the same feelings again, but <laughs> that's how fight camp goes for me. Yeah. We're almost here now, but uh, going back to what you were talking about earlier, you know, you said you made your pro, your your amateur debut when you were 16. Um, that was in 2007. I think the first time I probably saw you around was 2012, I guess, uh, um, when you came back. Um, what what made you get started, you know, at 16 years old? What what made you decide to go jump in a cage and fight somebody or maybe even been a ring? I don't know at that time. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it was a cage. Um, I think it was actually one of the giant round cages. Um, but, you know, I've been into this sort of thing my entire life. I tried a bunch of sports as, as a kid, and I would do things for like a month or two, and then I would be bored. I would beg my mom to let me quit. So finally she decided, well, you're going to, you know, she, she was persistent. <laughs> she said, you're going to be an athlete. So finally we tried karate, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was totally into the karate. So I did karate from the time that I was like eight years old up until 18, when I graduated high school. Um, and I was really competitive in that. I traveled a lot. And, you know, I just, we really got completely involved in the karate world. Um, but then also my mom was a teacher at the high school. And when I got to high school, she had some students who were wrestlers. And I don't know if they were joking or what their idea or plan was, but they encouraged my mother to put me in wrestling. <laughs> you should let your daughter wrestle, Miss Young. <laughs> so she actually was not the mom that was, like, hesitant about that kind of thing. She kind of pushed me to go do it. So, you know, at 16, here I am. I've been wrestling for a couple of years. I've done karate all my life. It just, you know, kind of seemed like the thing to do, like, oh, there's this thing called mixed martial arts, and you can do like everything, it'll be great. So it 
this was in Virginia, and of course, back before there were like really regulatory commissions or anything, my mom had to go in and like sign a little waiver form that allowed me to get in there with gloves and a much older opponent. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. It's that's cool. People so, go to jail for that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so a lot of uh, people yeah, don't I was, like, know. 16 and my girl was like 23 that I was fighting, and you know she had like a mohawk, and I mean she was scary. <laughs> I was afraid. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess a lot of people don't know, you know, it's kind of been a lifelong journey. Um, and, and now you're getting a, a big shot at a big stage. We're all, we're all rooting for you. And, uh, I, we believe it'll, it'll go your way and look forward to seeing you get signed next week. Good deal. Me too. Thank you. I'm excited, uh, because they actually put, they actually put uh, betting lines on these contender series matches. So I'm real pumped to see what the odds makers, uh, think of this. In my opinion, I believe they're going to, to favor Shanna. I'll call it about minus 175 to minus 200, but, uh, I can tell you, I'm going to be putting, I'm going to be putting a load down Shanna. So don't let us down. Uh, <laughs> that's exciting to know somebody was asking me earlier this week so <laughs> awesome. yeah yeah it's pretty awesome really uh before before we let you go i want to uh, let you talk uh, about your uh, your new apparel line you've got out you know you've uh, you've got uh, gotten into uh the apparel business here as of late so uh you know what prompted that and talk a little bit about that I have. Well, you know i got tired of the nine to five as a lot of us do it was really inhibiting my training so um, I decided to start a clothing line. Um, I do a little bit of my own stuff, and like um, I'm, I do mainly direct garment printing. So um, a lot of the fighters like walkout shirts and everything. I'm doing those. I'm printing a lot of the um, like here that people like train that like train in and they come fight in. Um, and you know it's been fun. I've I've learned a lot, definitely, and um, getting, honestly, getting into these little designs is probably my favorite part of what I'm doing now. So, it's um, www.turtleascentwear.com. Check me out. Yeah, no doubt. It. You got you. Been, you know, I've seen I've seen your stuff too. It's good. It looks it's it's not wanker looking. You know, it's it, it's not it's not cheap stuff. You know, so that's a compliment for me if I think it looks good because I see a lot of fight apparel out there and a lot of it doesn't. A lot of it just looks uh, it looks cheap. You know, and your stuff it looks. Oh, yeah. Good. yeah, there's some pretty stuff. I try to do a good job at anything that I do. So you know, when people hand me a pair of shorts, they cost a lot of money. I make sure I do them right and I get them back to them looking good. Wow. Absolutely. Well, uh, Shannon, I want to let you have a chance to get some shout outs for the dude. Any kind of sponsor love you want to give out? Teammates, training partners. Of course, you've got a great team at KMAA helping you get ready. Uh, Coach Eric Turner and Joey Zonar are, uh, you know, no stranger to this level of competition. So I know they'll be uh, well prepared with a good game plan for you. So I'll let you get some shout outs where they're due and also where we can uh, find you on social media so people can follow you and keep up with all the good shit you got going on. Absolutely. Just, I just shout to the Dems, man. Knoxville Martial Arts Academy, all of my coaches and training partners there. Big props to Taylor Turner and Carmen Lovers for helping me get ready for this one. Um, Frankie's Body Shop, Frankie and um, Jason King up there, my my trainers. And then, um, yeah, that's, that, that was it. I forgot the other question. What's the other question? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, this has been the Shanimal Shanna Young. You can catch her on the Dana White Contender Series coming up next week on Tuesday the 13th. ESPN Plus will be taking on Sarah Alpar, trying to get that 
that exclusive UFC contract that, uh, that, that everyone uh, covets so much. So uh, best of skills and best of luck to you, Shannon. We appreciate the time and, uh, and go get them next week. Woo-hoo, we'll do. Thank you. Thanks so much to our guest, Shannon Young, for joining us. With that, we will move on to the next portion of the program, and that is a recap of uh, this weekend's UFC on ESPN card. Uh, it was on ESPN proper, uh, headlined by a big one, Colby Covington taking on ruthless Robbie Lawler uh, in that main event. And uh, the whole thing was on uh, was on ESPN. Justin, we'll dive into it a little bit here. We uh, had a, a pretty full card. We'll start with the prelims. Miranda Granger wins unanimous decision over Hannah Goldie. That it moves her to seven and zero, and it's the first loss for Goldie. She drops to five and one. That was a fight where uh, I thought Goldie would would be able to get it because most of the fights uh, that she, uh, rather that uh, Granger has won, have been like submissions, and uh, she managed to keep this thing standing the whole time and and win kind of Goldie's fight. So uh, props to her. Claudio Silva gets a very dominant submission, rear naked choke, in the first round over a, a supremely overmatched Cole Williams. Uh, Lauren Murphy with a slight upset, I suppose, with a third-round TKO over Amara Romero Barella. Uh, Makes some adjustments midway through the fight, and uh, after losing the first round, comes back and gets the win. Uh, Matt Schnell with a submission by triangle choke over Jordan Espinosa. Another fight I was on the wrong side of. I thought Espinosa may knock him out, but uh, no, Matt Schnell, uh, big win for him. He's, he's hot. He's, uh, he's really kind of coming on strong. Uh, then Antonina Shevchenko with a uh, second-round rear-naked choke of Lucy Pudulova. Um, yeah, showing off she's got submission skills there. Um, and then uh, we'll see here. I guess uh, rounding out the prelims here, it was uh, Mickey Gall and Salim Tuari. Unanimous decision for Mickey Gall. News to 6-2. and two. Uh, Justin, what stood out to you on these preliminaries? Um, Matt. Chanel, man, he, he came out there and, and performed what he needed it. You know, I was saying last week, this is a, this is a big fight uh, for the division. Um, Matt Chanel was ranked ninth now, I think. Um, you know, he came out there and got a got a, a nasty uh, submission. It says uh, it says trying. I thought he got a darts choke, but um, well, what did he finish with? Uh, triangle. Triangle. Okay, I was thinking he got a darts. Uh, anyway. Um, and then uh, Shevchenko getting her getting her first uh, submission win was was also impressive there. Yeah, uh, Shevchenko there that was that was a bloody one. Uh, yeah, that was that was a bloody fight there. Uh, and then I agree that's, that's a good big win for Mashnell. He'll probably get a, a bigger fight now. I think he's ranked. Uh, so the good good win for him. Moving on to the main card, uh, uh, Kennedy. Uh, in Zichukwu with a unanimous decision over Darko Stosic. It was a foul-plagued fight that Stosic really was winning. Uh, he looked like the better fighter, but Kennedy bites me again. <laughs> I, I bet against him this time. And uh, the, the repeated low blows ended up costing Stosic two points um, and ended up, uh, those two points obviously were the difference um, and ended up getting Kennedy the unanimous decision, decision win. Uh, Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman, Knoxville native, gets the second round. Uh, technical, I guess it was between the second and third rounds. Uh, TKO, Dr. Stoppage on Dong Hyun Ma. Uh, great fight. That was an action fight. Both guys really gave as, as well as they took. You know, uh, Ma got dropped uh, early, and that began to uh, cause some super swelling around his uh, left eye, I believe it was. 
and man, he fought on like he like he wasn't phased and, and dropped Holtzman uh, after that. But uh, Holtzman just relentless pressure, put on a very entertaining fight, and he's one of these guys that win or lose, like he's developed a reputation for always being in exciting fights. He's he's a fan favorite fighter, so always great to see Scotty get a win there. Um, and then uh, another uh, Bauer vet, Gerald Mearshart, gets the uh, third round submission by guillotine choke over Trevin Giles and a little bit of an upset maybe. I thought that was going to be a really tough match for uh, Mearshart, um, you know, stylistically, but uh, he was patient and waited and found his uh, submission uh, when he wanted it there. Uh, your thoughts on these first three, Justin? All right, so I got this. You ready for it? Yeah. It, it's in Zekachu. In in Zek in Zekachu. In Zekachu. Okay, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, if if, if he would have had another loss, you know, another boring loss, if it wasn't for getting kicked in the nuts too much. Um, yeah, Scotty Scotty put up up on a hell of performance. You know, landed uh, forty four punches uh, to Dong Young or Dong Hung May's uh, sixteen. Like you said, swelled that eye up real good, and you know, just kind of controlled the boxing. He did get dropped there, but. Um, he, like you say, he, he goes in there and takes chances and, um, you know, it doesn't always work out, I guess, but, um, you know, if, if, if Scotty's name's on the bills, you know, it's going to be exciting. Um, Mearshart and Trevin Giles, total of six strikes landed for Mearshart and eight landed for Giles in a three round fight. That's got to be a, a record for a, that really is crazy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know? That's got to be a record for a low, low and, a, and only one takedown. And one takedown a piece, so like you know, one takedown a piece. Trevin Giles had had uh, five passes, and uh, Mirshar had two. It's just wild that there was that that little striking going on. Um, but you know, Mirshar puts him to sleep and and then tries to help him wake him back up afterwards. Um, so yeah, both those guys looked really good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of big fan of uh, GM3. Man, he's a he's a cool cat, and uh, and you know he's tricky. He's a vet, you know. He's not the most athletic uh, middleweight, but uh, but he's tricky, and he's got ways to win. Uh, moving on to the uh, top half of the main card, Nasrat Hakparast wins a uh, uh, with a, a knockout, a, a big overhand knockout in the second round over uh, Joachim Silva. And Silva's the guy that came in kind of known as the hitter, you know. Um, I thought Hawk Pross would be more on you know, a wrestle grind, but, uh, you know, mini, mini Kelvin Gastelum gets the win there in the second round. And then in the co-main event, it was quick. Uh, I thought we'd get a decision on this one, but Jim Miller gets a uh, submission by guillotine joke, puts Clay Guida to, to sleep in less than a minute in the first round, 58 seconds. And uh, big resurgence for Jim Miller as of late, and a uh, a rough night for Herb Dean. He let a few people get fucked up. Uh, Justin, uh, yeah, that was a big big knockout from Nasarat. Um, that that punch was was massive. Uh, Clay Guida, you know, landed a big a big shot on Jim Miller, almost dropped him, and Jim landed his his back, and Clay kind of shot in off desperation. Jim locked up that guillotine. It was, um, you know, two punches apiece, and and. One submission attempt and it was over. It was a quick fight, um, but you know, it doesn't get much easier than that. If you, you can walk away with the win, getting getting paid like that in 58 seconds. Absolutely, of course. Main event: uh, Colby Chaos Covington. Unanimous decision. Pretty one-sided, really. Um, five full rounds. It goes over ruthless Robbie Lawler, who 
just didn't look like the Robbie of old, man. I don't know. You know, his, his, his takedown defense was holding up pretty good early, and I thought if he could keep that up and, and really make Kobe pay for those uh, shot attempts, then he'd have a chance to eventually land if he stayed aggressive. But he just he wasn't that aggressive. Eventually, Kobe started getting those takedowns, and I know it's got to be uh, – very uh, tiresome, obviously, uh, fighting those takedown attempts off and having to get, you know, Robbie would get up and, and did pretty admirably in that regard. But just when he had those opportunities to, to unload, he, he didn't. So a big win for Kobe Covington. It looks like uh, be him and Usman up next. What you think? Um, that was a big, a big, uh, big shock for me, really. 515 strikes thrown by Kobe Covington, 18 takedown attempts. The pressure was, was just unreal. I mean, um, Robbie didn't look like himself, but I, I think there's a reason for that. You know, when you're getting punched over and over and over again, and then he's shooting on you and then he's punching you five or six more yeah. times, shooting on you again, take you down, you get up, you're getting punched, taken down again. I mean, it's just extremely tiring. And, you know, Robbie can't really let off because, you know, he throws at the wrong time. Kobe ducks under and he's on his butt again. And, um, you know, I, I was very impressed by Kobe. I, I haven't I haven't been super impressed with him thus far but uh his striking was was clean i mean you know he only landed 179 of 515 strikes only 34 percent but the volume was just unreal um and you know i think it's going to be a fun fight with with kamaro um i think i think it's going to be a lot more interesting than than people are are saying right now i think kamaro opened up at um two and a half maybe even three to one favorite in that fight but uh i think it might be a little closer than people are thinking yeah, I think if, uh, you know, I think I'll definitely be interested in that fight. I, I think that's a fight that, you know, at least from a PR standpoint, they're going to get lots of good sound bites and lots of good buildup and hype. And, you know, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, biggest winner and loser for uh, for this one. For me, uh, my biggest winner, I'm going to go. Um, man, I, I'm, I think I'm going to go with uh, Jim Miller, honestly. You know, it's a, he was on a bit of a slide. And, heck, I think we've even talked about on here, you know, last year or so that, uh, you know, he was in the twilight of his career on the downside. And uh, he's come back, man. He, he's turning it on, gets a, a big win there in his, in his hometown. And uh, although, you know, not against a, a top contender in Clay Guida, but still the, the fashion in which he got him out of there uh, probably sets him up for, for, you know, maybe one more run. Who knows? Uh, biggest loser for me, I'm going to have to go. Oh, that's a tough one. But I guess I'm going to just go with the, the main event, go with Robbie Lawler, because I feel like this may be the catalyst in what in what will most likely be uh, us seeing Robbie fall out of that main event big fight scene into more of your co-main event feature bouts we'll see I could be wrong that's two losses in a row uh not um you know any knock on his competition he's fighting good guys but um, I think he could probably take a few steps back here your thoughts uh biggest winner or loser uh, biggest winner, I think, is is Colby coming off of a you know decent layoff, winning the interim title, getting it taken away, you know having the that number one contender spot, losing it to to Usman, um, you know, and then having to take a fight against a legend, um, you know, it, it wasn't a guaranteed win, uh, dangerous fight, you know, that that could put him right back in, at the bottom of a stacked division, with long ways to climb back up, uh, and he, he you know he came out and, and delivered better than you could have expected, so. Um, I think he, he, you know, definitely submitted his place and, and uh, you know, put put to bed the talks of um, of his, his buddy getting the title shot. I think it'll be him and Usman next. 
uh, instead of Masvidal. Um, biggest loser, I don't know, man, maybe the fans, because now we're going to have to put up with listening to Covington and, and um, Usman talk trash to each other for a few months. It's Usman, <laughs> Usman's not very good at it, and Colby's no, is, no, Colby's it, is it, real... It, Real cringeworthy, so it's gonna yeah. be <laughs> yeah. gonna be who rough. Knows, who knows how many times Colby's gonna put his foot in his mouth? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the months. fight itself, but the the hype leading up to it is not gonna be entertaining. <laughs> That'll do it for the UFC on ESPN number five. Moving on to this week's action, uh, we got an Invicta card, we got a PFL card. I don't know anybody that's on them. Um, and then uh, ESPN Plus has got their 14th offering. This weekend, as they are in Uruguay, 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 however you want to say it. Um, first time, first time they've been down there. They're giving them a title fight, uh, but man, I'm this is for the hard, the hardest of hardcores, um, in my opinion. Anyway, I, uh, you know, there's a lot of MMA that I endure, and uh, ultimately, this is one that I may, uh, I may take the weekend off on this one. Honestly, man. Uh, Looking at the card here, of course, um, you know, there's 13 bouts, not a whole lot of, uh, of big names on this thing. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, Brazilian uh, fighters on here that, uh, that, have, that are of note to a degree. You know, we've got Gilbert. Now, I'll say this on the prelims here. Gilbert Burns and Alexi Kunchinko is going to – that's a pretty good fight. It, it just came together, I think, last week or so. Burns is a uh, last-minute uh, replacement, and Kunchinko is 20-0. So that's kind of interesting to see that as the second fight on the card. But uh, past that on the prelims, man, there just there isn't much. Tisha Torres is on here uh, against Marina Rodriguez, and that's about it. The main card has got uh, Bobby Moffitt against Enrique Barzola. That may be an action fight. Uh, we've got the uh, rescheduled light heavyweight tilt between Vulcan Ozdemir and Ilir Latifi it, uh, randomly in Uruguay with these two Europeans. And uh, Humberto Bandene is fighting. He's pretty exciting to see. Uh, the co-main event I like quite a bit, Vic- Vic- Vicente Luque against Mike Perry. That's, that's actually probably going to be a really good action fight. I'll say that. Then the main event, of course, is for the UFC female flyweight championship, Valentina Shevchenko versus Liz Carmouche. Uh, Justin, overall thoughts? Any of this stand out as much CTV for you? No, man, you about said it. Um, I mean, there's there's some closely matched fights out there. It's not not a bunch of just just uh you know super one sided fights, I guess. Other than you know the main event, obviously. Um, but uh, I guess, man, I don't know the the Ozdemir fight. Um, Ozdemir and Latifi kind of has some implications at, at light heavyweight. Um, a little bit of a test for Vicente Luque. I think he'll probably breeze past Mike Perry. I think. Um, Mike Perry's one dimension's kind of been exposed by now, and it's um, pretty easy to get by. Um, I'll, I'm always going to watch Shevchenko fight. I might not watch it as soon as it happens, but um, you know I'll catch that fight. You know, as soon as it's over, probably. Um, Bobby Moffitt and Enrique Barzola is probably the best, uh, most well matched fight um, that I see. Most interesting fight to watch, I guess, on the card. Nothing much, nothing much here, though, man. Yeah, this is kind of like MMA, just to MMA. You know, um, I will, uh, I will most likely not be uh, completely glued to my set during this thing live. I'm sure I'll, uh, you know, touch base on a few fights I'm interested in. But yeah, this sounds like one that I might be a good opportunity to 
to rest my brain for next week. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks a whole lot like a Bellator undercard. Yeah, yeah, that's in like Europe or something, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it. That'll wrap up our UFC talk for this week. Uh, next week we will uh, we'll recap this whatever is worth recapping, and uh, but more importantly, we'll probably uh, t- spend more time on uh, that contender series uh, fight that for Shanna that will take place uh, the day before we record. So uh, of course we'll touch base with Justin at that point in time. And thank you so much, Justin. I'm gonna let you go, and we are going to dive into this Valor 62 recap uh, with these Jamokes that uh, pick these fights, my man. Thank you. Yep, man. Have a good week. Okay, that brings us to our main portion of the program. Of course, it is time for the VFC 62 recap and reaction segment. Of course, we bring back on our panelists uh, from last week that uh, do the picks panel with us. we got uh, Greg Hopkins, Mark Laws, and Jeff Hobbs joining us. Uh, the last week was, um, or I'm sorry, this past week was the second week in our uh in our uh, uh, season, I guess you will say, for uh, our picks coming into this thing. Greg had a record of 11-2. and two. No, I'm sorry, 13-1, 13-1. Uh, Greg was 13-1, and one. Hobbs was 11-3, and three, and Mark was 10-4. and four. So uh, the gap was there to be closed. We will see if they manage to close it or not. Um, of course, uh, as we mentioned in the beforehand of uh, – uh, last uh, last week's uh, picks, uh, picks panel, I, I predicted that Mark Hall uh, was going to fuck us because he had gone off the grid, and in turn that would pull his uh, cohort, uh, Jonathan uh, Denty, off the card as well, and uh, as predicted, we never heard from Mark Hall. He uh, he dipped out and um, in flake, man. Just never, yeah, he never even had the, the damn nerve to tell me he wasn't coming. So, uh, fuck, so fuck you, Mark Hall, and uh, anybody that ever uh, hears from this guy that is in, saying that he wants to fight, please don't let him waste your time and money like he has wasted ours. Right, hey, Devin, we, this is the part. Uh, do we go around the table? Yeah, I guess maybe we should. We could go around and let yeah. everybody shoot him. Uh, Mark, yeah. Yeah. your thoughts? <laughs> Just a shitty way to be, man. Is his name Robert Hall or is it Mark Hall? Oh shit! I'm sorry. It's Robert Hall. I'm sorry, Robert Hall. Good call there, Mark. Fuck that guy too. Then what about that? Yeah, right. (laughs) Greg, your thoughts on Mr. Robert Hall and his uh, lack of uh, accountability? Um, I I don't know. I I, uh, wish he would have showed up. I wish I wish you know. Don't book a fight and not show up. My very first fight I ever had was in. Knoxville back in the XFC days and uh you know the guy showed up to weigh-ins and everything and then when it came time to fight he just bailed didn't show up and everything and they come up to me before and said hey you know you're Greg Hopkins I said yeah my debut fight I was excited they go you got it show I was almost in tears man I had a lot of people there come up to see me and you know Devin had a you know Devin Garten told me oh I'll just make I'll show it Devin Devin said he saw a picture of Robert on uh, Facebook, you know, flexing with his gloves on and shit. And Devin just kind of like, you know, you know, this is three months straight. I've had fights fall out on me. He's like, I'm just ready to fight. Like, this is bullshit. Like, I want to fight. And uh, I don't know. I feel bad for Devin on there. But uh, Robert Hall, you uh, you don't get some kind of a ban from Tennessee for not showing up for a fight. You know, you'd be hard to get you back on this Valor. Oh uh, yeah, no doubt, man. And I, my, and I, my, 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 I agree. Like the person that really gets screwed the worst, Devin Garten, who has 
now been three shows in a row where his guys pulled out on him last minute. He's he's ready to fight. He wants to fight. So hopefully we get him on in that Saudi Daisy card. Uh, Jeff Hobbs, the final bullet. Yeah, man, y'all went kind of easy on this dude. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Maybe y'all know something I don't. I mean, that's a big fuck you to fuck that man. Seriously. <laughs> don't fucking give it. You're the kind of dude that makes this shit hard for people to put on shows anymore. It is. Put their money up, man, to, to get you guys here and put on shows for these other guys to have a, a venue and an avenue to compete. I mean, you don't fuck it up for everybody, man. You fuck it up for the promoter. You fuck it up for your, you know, your your opponent. But hell, you fuck it up for the, the show altogether. Because you, you know, you just fuck somebody over. You fuck his ticket buying fans over. So now the next time we put on a show, now they're scared to buy a damn ticket. And, and, you know, because they're afraid that the card, uh, obviously the card's subject to change, but Jesus Christ, man, uh, that gets people, they, they stop trusting our cards to buy tickets to them because the fights we're, we're announcing that we're putting on and they're buying tickets to see their friends and, and family members fight, and then we fuck them over, you know? So, man, he's a dick, dude. <laughs> when my phone was pulled, I'd never been more depressed in my whole life. The next three months after that, I couldn't even look people in the eye or nothing. It, it's a painful process to be the one pulled off. That shit sucks. Yeah, hey, I, I, and, and Mark, Mark's had it happen. That's actually happened to Mark. Mark was supposed to do his, his first fight uh, a year or so ago. Same shit happened to him. Uh, Dustin something the fuck. Uh, what was that guy's name? Dustin, uh, what's his Weiss. name? Dustin Price, yeah, he pulled the same shit. Only I will say that he at least had the nerve to make up some bullshit, uh, <laughs> and they didn't like let us know. Let us. I mean, know, let us bullshit know what goes a long way, man. Yeah, <laughs> bullshit yeah, no goes a long way. At least you, at least you respected me enough to call me and lie to me. Right. Yeah. Hey, hey, Tim. If yeah. I can add something real quick, I'm not going to jump ahead of the game, but there is a silver lining to Robert ducking out of this fight, and uh, we'll talk about that more later. One of the shows, I don't want to blow something for the later on in one of the fights we had. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Why not, Greg, you blow it. everything else? Yeah, yeah, you already blew uh, everything else. Uh, All right, first what? fight on the night. We started off with some tie action, of course. I will say that uh, we were able to salvage uh, a little bit of this. Uh, the opponent for... Um, his, the, for Hall's tag-along, Denti, uh, was Dominic Munez, and uh, we were able to get Jonathan Blackwell to come up on about 18 hours' notice and take a tie fight with him, which ended up being one of the best fights of the night. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Leading off, we had Bantamweights, Advanced Muay Thai Rules. Uh, it was Cam Wallace coming in at 6-3 and three out of Team Octopus in Atlanta, Georgia, taking on Chance Keller from the Lee Kickboxing Academy in Beattyville, Kentucky. Uh, and this was, uh, you know, this was pretty much all Cam Wallace. He, he was a lot quicker, a lot more athletic. Uh, Keller stood in there and, uh, you know, fought admirably. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he never backed down. Uh, he never stopped fighting. He showed a lot of heart. But ultimately, uh, it was Cam Wallace with a pretty wide decision. I think he had a one or two knockdowns as well. So it was a pretty wide decision for Cam Wallace. <laughs> And uh, I think we will uh, hopefully see a lot more of him. He, he's he's a he's put together, and uh, and he's he's skillful and uh, respectful, and shows up on time and on weight and all that good shit we like. Uh, all three of the panelists took Cam Wallace and was correct in their assessment. Let's start things off this time with uh, Greg. And I was going to say that Cam Wallace came out like a, he's got that warrior gene, man, where he just doesn't quit. And you tell he's the dude stays fresh and in shape all the time, and he's training for three three minute rounds right now. And uh, uh, you know he's he's going to make the jump one day to that professional level, and I think it'll be sooner than later because uh, the guy's a, a gifted 
talented individual, and he's gonna he's gonna make it far in this uh, in this business here. I'd like to see him uh, go for the title against the winner of this next fight. We're gonna talk about. It was another bantamweight fight. Advanced rules. It was Jake Phillips undefeated at two and zero, both knockouts. Coming in into, into this one with Frank Tafanasiri, Frankie T, as we uh, affectionately call him around here, out of the UFC gym in Murfreesboro. It was his tie debut, but he already had a couple of MMA fights. And uh, this one was all Jeff Phillips, man. Frank, uh, he brought the fight in that first round, but in the second round, Phillips uh, really started to, to put it on and pour ahead. He hit a body shot, I think, that, uh, that dropped Frank. Um, and uh, I, I want to say that Frank beat the count, but he, he didn't want to continue still. Uh, it, it just took too much out of him, and uh, it was Jake Phillips that moved to 3-0 and now with three, knock, uh, three knockouts, and uh, I think that that would make for uh, you know easy matchmaking, I suppose, to put him and Cam together for that strap coming up here. It was Greg and Hobbs that correctly picked um, Jake Phillips, uh, out of high stand, and it was Mark who incorrectly took Frankie T, and I'll go to the guilty party for his take on it. Mark? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Man, Jake Phillips looked pretty incredible. If I would remember that was the same kid that I was betting against, I would have never bet against him, you know. Shout out to him for the highest one, I guess. <laughs> but he looked fantastic. Uh, it was uh, it was real back and forth, at least in the first round, and then Frank just didn't bring in a cardio to the dance, man, and he, uh, he used to came to it. Fairly ugly, and uh, yeah, I, I think he got hit in the liver or something. He just couldn't couldn't continue, but it was good for the first part. I think that uh, Frank will definitely be back. He, he's excited to get on this Nashville card. Uh, he's going to try to tie again. And, you know, the kid came in at 130 pounds uh, on this 135 fight. So I told him maybe that move to flyweight may serve him better. He, you know, he'll have a lot of speed there. Uh, what do you guys think about a, a Cam Wallace and Jake Phillips uh, battle? It's a hell of a fight. It's definitely two very differing styles still. Uh, so I think, I think it would make for a pretty good one. Uh, rounding out our amateur tie, it was uh, the late replacement, Jonathan Blackwell, making his tie debut. He did have a few MMA fights. He comes out of Rossville, Georgia. And uh, he, I mean, he worked that day and came and showed up at the fights at like, you know, 6.30 or so. So like he literally came in on two wheels, went out there and uh, took on Dominic Muniz out of KMAA. Also his tie debut, originally scheduled to fight, uh, fight MMA before uh, the debacle with the Alabama boys. So he had to make a switch in rule set uh, on his end and adjust to a different opponent. So props to both guys for being uh, easy to flex there at, at the last minute. Um, this one is a tale of two fights here. Uh, Dominic Muniz uh, came out and uh, he, he dropped Blackwell. Uh, I want to say he dropped him in the first and uh, it was looking like he was just going to steamroll him, honestly. Leg kicks were really taking a toll. And then in the second round, it got a lot closer. Uh, it was very back and forth, as you can see, the momentum starting to shift, and that ended up being a split round. Two judges, one side, uh, one judge the other. Third round, Blackwell comes out and like hits the switch, like he just becomes a machine and just unloads on Muniz, uh, dominates Muniz and drops him. Or no, he didn't drop him. I think he got a standing eight count. Still a ten-eight round for Blackwell. At the end of the day, it ended up being a split decision for Muniz. But in my opinion, man, that was. Uh, one of the best fights of the night. It was really, really good. Uh, those guys uh, laid it on the line. And, and for Blackwell to be coming in on uh, short notice like that, he really put on a good performance. Looking forward to seeing him back on the Saudi Daisy card. And we've got a fight for Muniz September 6th, which we haven't announced yet, but I confirmed it today. He'll be taking on uh, Brandon McGee. 
from Gamma. And, and so I mean, both of those guys are kind of like swing for the fences kind of guys. So that's going to be a fun one. Uh, both Hobbs and Mark took Dominic Munez correctly. Greg got that one wrong with Jonathan Blackwell. Let's go to Hobbs for your take on this one. Um, how do we know who Greg picked? Because he never answered the group text about that one. Yes, I did. He did. He did. Are we sh- I'm going to have to go back and verify that. Hey, he's the only one that lost, though. That's fine. As long as he loses, I don't give a fuck what he said. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, like you like you were saying, man, it's like it's you know, for what we just got done talking about, the fuckers who no show on you, once again <laughs> fuck you for not showing up. Um you. you know, we have to sit and talk about the guys that don't show up. At least we get to switch gears and, and do a complete one eighty and talk about the dudes who accept a fight in less than twenty four hours notice, work an entire day of work and have to call yeah. and say, I can't even make it there because I gotta work till four and I can't leave early jumps in their car with their damn work boots and jeans on and drives up at four o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. And I'm sure interstate traffic in several different places was horrible trying to get into Knoxville. And then some bitch walks in and I'm telling you exactly when he walked in because we looked at him, Tim, if you remember, we said, you have four fights before yours. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He says, okay. And he still had to go see Greg. He still had to go get his physical. Still had to go see the ref. He had to find his locker room and put his stuff up. Four fights. And the son bitch comes out and gives the crowd a show, man. So thank God for the Blackwells of the world who make up for the dickhead halls of the world. Oh, that's um, amen, it, was, it, it was a great fight, man. I love the back and forth. I love it when you watch a fight and you think it's going one way. And then the human will and heart kicks in. And, you know, whether the guy is skilled or not. That's what I love to see. Just the fucking human will of a man who says, fuck this, man. I just went through all this to get up here and flips the switch. And like you said, we got a stand, we got a 10, eight in the first, we got a 10, eight in the second or in the third, you could go in the other way. And it literally came down to one judge seeing one round differently to the other. It was that close. And I don't think people, they get upset at split decisions. And you, when you really break it down and tell them, it's like, Look, it was such a good fight. This came down to one judge that saw one round differently than the other two. That's how close it is. So, you know, the fans won, Valor won. Uh, everybody wins on that fight, man. Moving on to our first MMA contest, it was the, the returning Dylan Stout who came into this one 0-4. Uh, a tough 0-4, as I mentioned in our preview, out of Mountain City, Tennessee, taking on the debuting Zach Garner out of the Wolves Den Martial Arts school there in Madisonville, Tennessee. And uh, tell you what, as, as Hobbs uh, mentioned to me as he came and sat down after the announcement, that guy is has smiled the whole way in. Like, he just was cheesing. Like, he just smoked the biggest dude and, like, stumbled into this place. Like, whoa, it's Cage Fight, man. Let's do this. It was awesome. Uh, really scrappy, uh, scrappy guy, uh, Dylan Stout. Had a good first round, actually. Um, he was able to... Uh, you know, to get the fight to the ground, had him mount for a good portion of the round. Uh, and then, uh, or no, he wasn't in mount. He was working from the guard. But, uh, you know, fended off some submission attempts. At the end, it was Garner who swept, and the judges ended up giving Garner that round, even though, but it was really close. Stout didn't have a bad round. What Stout uh, did have was a bad gas tank. And in the second round, uh, Garner really turned it on as Stout was starting to fade. 
and uh, got an arm bar, finished him off there. Uh, good debut win for Garner. Uh, Dylan Stout, man, 0-5 is, uh, you know, it, he's better than that. There, you know, he's a guy that you you can't look at his record and, and just completely over. You still got to bring it against him because he's going to have one to one and a half pretty good rounds in him. And I told him he gets his – his cardio level up and, you know, just brushes some things, you know, gets some things polished up. I feel like he, he could be solid. So uh, we'll see if he uh, takes my advice or, or no. Yeah, usually they don't. So uh, <laughs> congratulations to Zach Garner, though. And Greg Hopkins is the only one to take uh, Zach Garner in this one, both Mark and Hobbs Ooh. with uh, Dylan Stout. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? Peter. Uh, that was what, what did I do? All right. Well, I thought that. Zach Garner. This is the guy that. Uh, this is the guy yeah, that's cheesing. He had the Minecraft tattoo on his yeah. Uh, chest. Yeah. Uh, he. Yeah. He was impressive actually with his round skills, and at the by the end of the first round, you know, I think he was. Uh, you know, he was. Uh, Stout was saved by the bell because uh, he was yeah. about to get his arm snapped, and uh, right immediately again, Zach just immediately attacked and wanted that to go to the ground. Like immediately, he turned a lot of heads uh, with that victory. He got. Uh, you know. Uh, what what weight class was he fighting? Was it 170? It was one. It was a 160 catch weight, but he came in at like 56, okay. 57. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he yeah he well I know he turned a lot of heads uh, you know over there in the, in the lightweight and welterweight division and he was like wow uh, so I'm really excited to see what comes out of him next. And then of course we moved on to the featherweights. It was Tristan Kelly. Uh, 0-1 coming into this fight out of the high stand uh, group in Dalton, Georgia, under Nala Lechuga. Uh, he took on uh, Elijah Gilbertson, who was also 0-1, uh, our, uh, coming out of Maryville, Tennessee. Quite the character always, Elijah. And uh, it was Tristan Kelly's wrestling that was uh, the difference here. Uh, as he got an arm bar, we had back-to-back arm bars here. Uh, Tristan Kelly gets that armbar submission. Uh, Gilberson at, at first I thought was maybe going to get out of it. He was, you know, he was scrambling around and uh, he stepped over and I thought was going to, you know, work his way out of that. But uh, ultimately he succumbed to the armbar. Tristan Kelly gets to one and one now. And he is, uh, he's he's one to watch. I think he's got a lot of potential here. Hopefully uh, Gilberson stays at it because at 145, Gilberson's kind of like six foot tall or something. He's got a long and lean and and has got a good body for the weight class. It was Greg and Mark that took Tristan Kelly, Jeff Hobbs, uh, missing this with Elijah Gilbertson. Uh, let's go to Mark. Yeah, it seems like Tristan Kelly just just had a little bit of edge to him. And I like Elijah Gilbertson. He's a, he's a, he's a real good kid. He's very tall for the weight class, very skinny. And, uh, you know, God knows what he could really make if he could put in a bunch of time and discipline, you know. I mean, he could, he could probably be... 20 pounds less even. He's a small, small guy, but yeah, fantastic armbar. It did look like he was going to get out of it, but you know, he ended up just switching it over and uh, keeping it on the other side. So, unfortunate, but that's where he goes. You know, uh, these there's a there is some talent out of out of Maryville right now that seems is, that way, right? That that is that has got some potential, man. There's no there's no gems down there. The thing, and no, so you got some guys. You know, you've got your Elijah Gilbertsons, you got your James Ardens. These guys, you know, have got Arden, especially in my opinion, have have, have got that innate fighter uh, yeah. gene, if you will. They're just they're just not they're just not trained up. Yep, exactly. That, but they're coming to kick your fucking ass. That's a fact. Yeah. They're, they're a handful every time. They're all independent. It's, it, it's mind blowing, really. 
Moving on to the professionals, it was James Adcock moving up three weight classes to face Billy Two-Tone Combs. Billy Combs looking for that first pro win. Adcock coming in at four and three, but normally a 135. We're fighting this one at 170. To compound matters, Billy Combs misses weight and comes in about 176. And so technically, uh, this becomes a, you know, it was a catch, but technically after they're past 170, that's four weight classes in my mind. Uh, well, James Adcock uh, was able to get the first round submission. It's a twister, and uh, those are rare, but uh, Billy Cobes uh, succumbs to a twister in the first round. James Adcock with a highlight reel submission that you don't see every day. All three of our panelists got it right with James Adcock. Jeff Hobbs. Uh, yeah. Um, man, uh, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you yeah, right. I mean, it's like James Adcock won with a twister. That's all. Yeah, I mean, the guy won with one of the damn rarest fucking, you know, uh, submissions. I, I mean, it was a Korean zombie was the last one we've really seen. Uh, uh, that shit's the, that's the shit that happens to Billy Combs, you know. <laughs> um, you know, it's... You know, God love him, man, because I, I do. I know Mark does like no other. Um, I know he's a great guy and good friends with all of you, but it's like, you know, I just at one point I hear somebody yelling for Billy Combs or where's Billy Combs. And when 20 people go, he's probably outside smoking or something, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, I know the kid just can't give the sport, you know, what it, the time that it deserves. But it's like, ah, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if you keep just rooting for the kid because he keeps just chugging away at it or if you're on the other side and you just keep going, man, come on. You know, like there's so many other things you can do within the promotion and, you know, for the sport and, and give back to it. Um, you know, why do you keep doing this? You know, if, if you're not able to give it 100% and, you know, like I said, you're getting ready to fight and you're out hot boxing, you know, it's like it just, it doesn't work, man. It, it doesn't work. And, and therefore you see, um, very rare submissions and it's like fighters are almost calling their own shot or, or sitting back thinking, Hey, what's the weirdest thing I can submit him with? And then goes out and does it, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, well, I mean, he's got to get comes back brain. at it here uh, in a, in a month. He's taking on Paul Teague and uh, Paul Teague, uh, his Valor debut actually. So we'll see what Paul Teague and his uh, Goon Squad team brings to the table against Billy Combs. They're already talking a whole lot of talk on the social medias. Uh, moving <laughs> on to the uh, second pro fight on the card: professional Muay Thai debuts for both of these gentlemen. The Asian persuasion, Jason King, out of KMAA in Knoxville, Tennessee. Gets a very quick uh, knockout. Uh, I guess it would be yeah, it was a knockout uh, over Deshaun Middleton. Also, his professional tie debut of a national uh, karate MMA Somerville, South Carolina. Uh, this one didn't go didn't go. Uh, nearly, I thought we were going to get some action here. I thought it was going to be back and forth for a bit, but uh, no. King lands an early uh, body shot that drops Middleton. He can't answer the count, and uh, King is successful in short fashion. Uh, both Mark and Greg took uh, Jason King, uh, and it was Jeff Hobbs uh, incorrect with Deshaun Middleton. Uh, let's go to Greg. I just want to start out by saying 
What was that shit you was talking earlier, Jeff? I don't know about what. I talk a lot of shit. Which one are you referring to? I know. I can actually smell you through the phone and your breath. It's, 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 it's infested with diarrhea just out the mouth. Uh, last week, you know. So which one are you referring to, Greg? What are we talking about now? Which one, now you got me confused. Which, which one are we referring to? Exactly. I mean, what shit was that talking about? Oh, when do you not talk shit? That's what I'm saying. You were talking all that shit and earlier, blah, blah, blah. I'm a cheater, Greg's a cheater. I was just going to say that in that fight last week, I thought that, you know, Jason King was way too big, you know, way too big for, uh, you know, for Deshaun Milton and uh, and whatnot and everything. And you you straight up said that you think that uh, here in uh, Deshaun's world that, you know, he had a good chance. And I was just like, you know what? And then when we got to the – well, I guess we was all drinking pretty heavily by, you know, that time – uh, we went over and took those fireball shots, and then y'all called me a <laughs> And uh, but anyways, yeah, I just want I had to just like give you a back and throw you in the face right there. So, but anyways, yeah, dude, that's a knee straight to the damn midsection of Devin was devastating, dude. But think about the inertia that he had and the energy, like just from start to finish of that knee. It came from damn like down there in South Florida and it rose up through like Mississippi around and landed up here in Knoxville, Tennessee, right there in Deshaun's damn solar plex. And he, you know, he, he tried to fight it. He tried, you know, but when there's just times when your whole body will shut down to a, to, to, a, to a, you know, a rib shot or a midsection, a liver shot. And that was one of those moments for Sean. He just wasn't ready for Jason King, you know, and Jason's a nice guy, man. So he, he doesn't appear. He's a, he's, you know, he's really deceptive because he seems like a real nice guy because he's, he's very respectful and he's, you know, of the martial art and everything. And he's going to he's gonna treat you like a human being. He always has. And, uh, and he, you know, before, through, and after the fight. But he's coming to fight, you know, no doubt about it. He's coming to, ki- he's coming to kill. He's in the ring. When he locks the door, he's a different person from bell to bell. But, uh, you know, hats off to Jason King, and that was a real impressive victory uh, on his Muay Thai debut. Hey, Greg, I got a couple questions right here. Did you just say that's so Asian? I got shit to do. Did you say that's so Asian about about Jason King, about his respectfulness? He's like that's just so Asian. And the second thing, what do you call Deshaun Middleton? Give me a bit middle that first name again. Deshaun, what do you say? Uh, Are we referring to Sealess Reynolds? Is that Sealess Reynolds? No. What do you What are you talking about? What did I say about Asian? I think you called him Dacian. Yes, Deshaun. Deshaun. We uh let's move on guys. Back we, we shifted gears back into the amateur portion of the card after that. It was Bubba Bad News Cruz coming in uh, off of a lengthy hiatus back to the cage, uh knocking some rust off here ahead of the Saudi Daisy card as he took on the Blue Angel himself, Drew Chornahus, uh coming in uh, looking for that first win and it wasn't happening. Uh it was uh Chornahus coming in overweight, so we had to adjust things there on that on that end, but uh it was really just all Bubba Cruz. He just he just swarmed him and, and just beat the shit out of him really. I, I don't really know what else you can say. It was quick and um and Bubba Cruz moves to seven and two now. Uh, moving into the September 28th card where he will get a step up in competition. He wants Emery Norred. I want that fight because I know it would be fire. We'll see if we can't make it happen. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Jeff Hobbs for your take on this one. Uh, yes, thank you uh, for my opportunity now to speak, Tim. Um, <laughs> since 
we can't get a word in from Aslan Greg's uh, talking. But um, and let me say for the record, I have no fucking clue what Greg Hopkins is talking about because when we made these picks, I think I made it perfectly clear that I was picking because I was trying to gain a spot on them. That was it. I made, I made no comments about guys or anything. Are you talking about yesterday? Are you still talking about what we were talking about in the past? Because we're trying to move on forward with this pick. Know, no, I'm talking about the last time and the lies, the straight lies you keep spitting here. Um, yeah, that was yesterday. Anyway. Uh, all right, what are we talking about now? We're talking about bad news, Bubba Cruz. Uh, look, I'm not trying to throw. I'm not, I know you do. About about by the second intermission, you really left me. Uh, so I'm not trying to throw salt here, but I, I mean, I'm kind of asking the same question about Chonahus. I mean, I don't know the guy. It's it's one of look. I got a kid on the football team that's just like this. All right. It's like he does everything right. He is yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. But it comes off so Eddie Haskell-ish, you almost are like, are you fucking with me? You know, it's like he, he he's missed weight on us a couple times, you know, but he's so pleasant to work with. But, you know, we keep missing weight. Uh, really not perf- running late, missing weight, not really performing up to our hopes when we put, you know, when we put these fights together and, uh, so it's kind of tricking us looking at him going, okay, this is going to be a good fight. The guy's in shape. He's but, um, so I, I don't know, man. I, you know, I guess in the back of my mind, these are all reasons why I chose, you know, Bubba Cruz amongst many others, just cause Bubba Cruz is a badass too, um, which had a lot to do with it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish we could see some, some, some better things out of Sean uh, Hus, but he's so easy to work with and, and shows up which we can go back and talk about that is such a hard thing to do nowadays is just show up. Uh, so, you know, you got to keep giving the guy a shot, but you know, I, I just wish he would bring it all together and, uh, and give us the complete package, you know, uh, get there on time, be on weight. And, and, uh, you know, I guess I can't dog him for not putting forth. I'm not saying he's not putting forth the effort, but, um, <laughs> you know, just keep training and get a little sharper, you know, for us. Uh, so we can get the fights uh, that we know you've got in you. But uh, hats off to Bubba Cruz. It does, like we talked about last week, I think all of us agreed. It doesn't matter how long Bubba Cruz takes off. It doesn't matter, you know, how long it's been since he stepped in the cage last. When he gets in, he looks like he's never left and uh, and puts on the show. And, um, you know, and for the record, whoever said it, yes, he does have a smoking hot uh, girlfriend or wife. I'm not <laughs> sure which one. And uh, yes, I hope is. we put Bubba Cruz on every card. So. Hundred percent. I back, I second that. All three of our panelists correct in their assessment. Bubba Cruz is the pick. Uh, moving on, we had lightweight action. A little controversy in this one. Uh, it was making his. He was making his return to the Valor Cage. He has been fighting out in California. You know, Burtis uh, used to be with uh, Chet Blaylock's group. Of course, he had them in his corner out here. But he flew back to visit some family. Decided he wanted to take a, a fight while he was out here. And, uh, man, you know, L is uh, L still looking good, you know. Uh, he's in shape and, and had a good performance. Took on Parker Wadman, who was undefeated out of KMAA coming into this 2-0 and uh, had showed some really good wrestling, top control moving into this one. And, man, this one uh, was over before it really got going because it, this is one of those that I thought um, – it was going to be, you know, uh, I had a really hard time picking it. You know, my my opinion, fight of the night candidate uh, in the lead up. And, 
you know, both guys uh, had their moments. Parker was able to get the takedown. L was able to get up. He dropped Parker twice, though. And on the second one, the referee steps in and calls the fight. Uh, Wadman it was hopping right back up. So, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't like the stoppage there. Uh, the referee, uh, you know, his defense essentially was that was the second time he dropped him and he didn't really catch himself. And uh, so he aired on the side of caution, which we always appreciate. Um, which won't be the case coming up here in a few fights. But uh, that said, uh, Albertus, who gets the first round TKO, ref stoppage over Parker Wadman. Wadman's ready to get back in there. He wasn't happy about that. He's not hurt, ready to, to shake that off. Burtis gets a good win there and moves to uh, four and two now uh, as an amateur. And uh, good to see him back. Always a pleasure working with Elshel Burtis. Uh, two of our panelists, Mark and Greg, got that one right with Burtis. Hobbs uh, misses with Wadman. Let's go to Mark for uh, your opinion on this one. Man, you know, that's why wrestling is the toughest job in the whole game. You know, uh, Chris Bond does a fantastic job. And he'll learn from this, you know. it's uh, You want to keep the amateurs as safe as you can. He, he erred on the side of caution, and like you said, we always appreciate that. So, you know, Tilly Whitler, yes, but, I mean, Parker would have probably got on top with wrestling eventually, but, man, you're going to have to survive a barrage for Bell to, to get in there and start wrestling around. So, it just shows you, you know, uh, you win some, you lose some, but, man, I don't think either guy lost stock. I mean, it's, it, was a, it was a good fight. I mean, it was very electric. Yeah, and, and the amount of time it lasted, it was all just like bang, 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 bang. It was, it was, it was really exciting uh, up until that point. Uh, quick uh, take from uh, our other two panelists on uh, on this one: uh, stoppage, good, bad, indifferent. Uh, Greg. Okay, I'm going to rewind it to the one of the previous fights, which actually one fight of the night was you know with Blackwell and Muniz. Uh, this that was like the beginning of an onslaught of uh, not only maybe judging. But uh, more of a more of the referee, you know, the, the officiating, if you will, because uh, well, that was wasn't the same. Defense. No, I know, I know that, but this was as a whole, and I'm not knocking the referees because we got to protect the fighters. But okay, that the the standard eight count that he got uh, that Munez is, was receiving in his fight, I didn't agree with, and we and you know and 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 Jeff said that everybody won in that fight and that Valor fans, but I do think that Blackwell lost, and I think he got robbed of a draw. Uh, on that fight, I think that's I would have been a lot happier seeing that fight go to a draw with the a ten eight round. But uh, but he got a ten eight. Well, he, he, he lost the second. The third round about, is where I'm, was I'm, when I'm the ten eight uh, count was given. It. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about the second round where the t- one judge saw it one way. I think that uh, I think that that one judge may have been wrong there because I think that the second round probably should have went to Blackwell. But anyways, well, I want to go back to Chris Bond. Now you're talking about yesterday. Spot. No, I know, but listen. Now, listen. We'll go back to less than a month ago, and let, hear me out. We we'll go back to J- July 12th or 13th when we had that fight. Uh, you remember Chris Bond was uh, was officiating with Tank in the ring, and uh, he knew that there was uh, you know some uh, some bad, maybe not some bad blood, but just some uh, some animosity going into that fight with the, with his opponent. And when he when when Tank slammed his opponent, the guy was already out, and Chris was giving the guy the benefit of the doubt because maybe he wasn't out and he was just coming. He was just got slammed and he had needed a chance to get back. But Tank jumped on him and hit him with a two-piece, pow, pow. And boy, didn't get up for a while, okay? So ever since then, Chris Bond has – and this is my opinion, okay? This isn't Chris Bond telling me nothing. This is me saying that I think that, uh, you know, he's uh, – that kind of maybe shell-shocked him a little bit and uh, maybe gave him the uh, – the, the go ahead to take his job a lot more serious 
when that happened because, you know, a bull was bleeding out of his ear and it was, it was just not good. So when that happened, it really, it really might've, uh, you know, took, took Chris by storm. So I think in this next fight, when Wadman was out on his feet and L hit him while he was on the ground, premature, pre, premature stoppage. Yes. But with that being said, had you been in Chris's shoes, think back about when tank got, when tank slammed boy and, and then that, you know, and else, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying that we, we, I got to look at it from, from that perspective too, because had, had he not, you know, put, you know, jumped off the L right there, I don't know. I can't say nothing anymore about that fight, but I'm just saying that, uh, fantastic way that L did it, uh, by coming up from the takedown after Wadman took him down. I mean, phenomenal double leg too. And, uh, it took me 20 minutes to decide on this one last week too, because I couldn't pick. And, but L, when L got taken out, he came back up, and as he was coming up, he was he was reaching his arm all the way up for distance and was measuring coming up, and I don't know how. Exactly. But uh, and he just as he was coming up, he was pulling himself up while pushing away, and just came with an overhand right with the inertia coming off the ground and up, cracked, hit Wadman, and Wadman dropped, jumped right back up, got cracked again, <clears> went <throat> down. This time L jumped on him and hit him square, nail, you know, hammer to the nail right there. You know, Wadman's head was flat on the canvas. He jumped in, but he hit hard, and that's when Chris jumped in and stopped it. But Wadman rolled right over and just stood right up, and a lot of people were upset. But that's why I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not always pro referee. But right here, I just had to give shout out to the, uh, you know, to the referee and say that I don't, I don't, I don't hate the stoppage. Yeah, that's one thing that people forget a lot of times. They, you know, as Mark said, it is, it's a tough job. There's a lot of, a lot of heat, a lot of pressure on them. Uh, these guys are human. Uh, as we all are. So, you know, these are split second decisions they're trying to make out there. I'll say that Chris is a guy that I, I feel has a lot of potential as a referee. He's, he doesn't routinely fuck up, you know, uh, he, and he, and he's eager to learn, uh, remember, but he's green. He's a green guy. He's a guy that's, that's just started refereeing. Uh, I would say in, I, in the spring. I don't think he fucked up. I think he, I mean, I think that I, I said, that's, I, said, I can't hate this. I don't hate the stoppage. So I agree with it. I mean, it's Parker not a bad stoppage. Twice. No, so I don't think he fucked up. I was just saying that anybody thought it was a fuck up. Like, if you don't, you got to pay attention to more than just one fight because 100%. people can really get hurt. People can seriously get injured, not just hurt, but like seriously injured, re, re, reconstructive face surgery on shit just because of one shot when you were out. So people see I mean, that. Last and, weekend, you know, two boxers died. I mean, does nobody talk about that shit? Two, last weekend, two fucking boxers died. That shit's yeah, real, man. Yeah. Hobbs, your take. Yeah, um, man, I don't know. I'd take a different take than they do. I mean, I don't. I don't think it was siding on the air of caution. I, I think he made a mistake. I mean, as far as the stoppage. I mean, I understand why, because you've got literally a split second to decide what did you just see and what just happened. But I don't think that I'm out of line in saying because, of course, I'm in the cage with. Um, the referee quite a bit, and so during introductions, we're kind of whispering and talking. Uh, I don't. I think it's fair to say, and I don't think Chris Bond would disagree with me that he would have gone back and not stopped the fight. You know, but it's all hindsight. Twenty twenty after Wadman gets up, and it, it's the same exact thing as the Robbie Lawler stoppage with Ben Askren. You know, or it was he Aaron on the side of caution that the that the guy was out, but as soon as he calls the fight. He jumps right up and shows everybody that's in attendance and the referee. I wasn't out. I'm fine. And I think Chris Bond would have would have would come on and agree and say, "Man, that was a mistake." I don't think he would say, "Well, I was, you know, erring on the side of caution." He would just say, 
man, I made a mistake. I thought he was out. He wasn't. You know, fuck it. I messed up. Guess what? I'm going to go back in there and do better the next time. I just think, you know, it happened. Um, it, shit happens, man. I mean, it's a crazy sport. This is a crazy podcast. Greg Hopkins <laughs> has used the word inertia twice. Twice in one fucking podcast. That shit's unheard of, man. Two times. <laughs> I don't know if we're done with it. I think we may get more. Uh, hey, let's move hey, on to the next one. Hey, hold on, time out. Hey, hold on, real quick. Hey, Jeff. Captain Earth has a question. Is that Jeff? Yeah. Who said something about me and and saying a word? Because <laughs> I'll, I'll he's got us on mute the whole time. He ain't even no, listening ain't anybody, to it. Y'all want to? No, I just don't know who said it because y'all both sound the same talking shit. Blah blah blah. Both y'all talk. So what I'm trying to say is, uh, if y'all want to get down on some words with friends, I'll fuck you up. I don't care. Bring that shit. <laughs> You don't have enough words. We sound alike because we're the only because we're the only ones that don't sound redneck. That's the only reason why we sound alike. It's, it's, uh, Greg, it's Greg, Greg is lacking <laughs> in a in a fight name, so I, sure maybe we've come up with it tonight. Captain Inertia, Greg Hopkins. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Right there. Captain Penetration. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next one. Heavyweights, and uh, this is the one fight that all the panelists missed. It was what. CJ- it, it was CJ Talent, uh, the one and zero fighter coming out <sighs> of the Wolves Den Martial Arts, Madisonville, Tennessee, taking on Zach Manon out of the uh, Iron uh, Ironlock MMA up in Pennington Gap, uh, uh, Virginia, with uh, Jason Coomer and Ned Spears and the like. Uh, Manning comes into this zero and two, but he was hossy and uh, and had like probably whew, 20, 25 pounds, I would say, on talent who came in at you know like two twenty four or something like that, smaller heavyweight. Uh, this one was back and forth early, but it was Manning who was able to get the takedown and eventually got the ground and pound TKO stoppage over CJ Talent. Uh, it was another controversial one. Um, you know, the, the crowd didn't like the stoppage. Uh, CJ Talent in his corner didn't like the stoppage. He said he was coming up uh, as uh, the referee, and it was Chris Bond again on a back-to-back here uh, noted uh, that uh, that pulled uh, Manning off of him. Uh, and, he, he, you know, right as he was coming up, they said, um, I'll say that upon reviewing this, um, I really don't know that CJ was just getting up without Chris Bond pulling um, pulling Manon <laughs> off, if that yeah, makes sense. Like he, that wasn't just happening before Chris kind of stepped in. There were some heavy blows landed by Manon uh, from yeah. where I was looking. He was landing some pretty heavy shots. So uh, I will say, you know, when, you, when you've got a close stoppage like the one before uh, to run, you know, a green referee back, right back out there on a back-to-back, is maybe asking for uh, for trouble, but uh, on either side of it, you know, he could have let him take a more of a beating than he needed to to overcompensate for the last one. So uh, I didn't actually have a problem with this stoppage at all. After I watched it back, it was fine. Uh, I'm going to go this time. Let's start with uh, I'll just start with Hobbs on this one. Um, you know, fuck. I mean, he not only surprised. I mean, he fuck. He messed up a lot of plans, man. And I mean, but that's that's how you play spoiler, man. Uh, and that's making where, as you know, fans and promoters and matchmakers, we you know we're, we're human too, and we get to looking ahead at, at future matchups. And I'd be damned if Manning didn't come in and throw a monkey wrench in all our shit, you know, as far as what we were thinking about the future. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, hell, I'm not afraid to admit it. You know, shit happens. I mean, Tim knows. He's like, I, if I'm not thinking two steps ahead and two fight cards ahead, um, I'm not doing my. You know, he's not doing his job. Um, so. While you don't root for somebody, 
you know, as a promoter and a matchmaker, you're thinking ahead of future cards, especially as many cards as Valor puts on. You've got to be thinking about matchups that could be possibilities ahead. And man, it comes in at 0-2. We all fell for it. You know, we thought we knew how this was going to go, and this dude came in and played the spoiler, man. Um, you know, I think you're right on the Chris Bond thing. We're going to talk on the referee just a little bit. It's, you know, you can look at that two ways. You know, maybe you shouldn't throw one right back in, but then again, maybe you just let him get right back in there. True. And, and, and just shake it off, you know, and, and get back in his groove and get back in his game. Um, but I'm with you, though. When it comes to heavyweights, it's a little different because every shot is a little harder. Uh, it takes a little more out of you than maybe some of those lighter weight classes do. And uh, uh, I'm not as um, – I, I wasn't upset about the other one. I just gave my opinion. But I'm, hey, I don't think this one is as controversial as the other one. Um but man, great job to Manning for fucking all our cards up and all our picks and and <laughs> and future fights and wait, that wait, may wait, have wait, happened. Yep. Hey, I'll say Man, Manning's a deceptive O and two. Yeah, did oh, he get to come on the yeah. show earlier before I got on? Did he get to? No, we owe it. Or? We owe him. I need to get him on here. He he works odd shifts. He's the prison guard, you remember. Yeah. So uh, it's it, he's working during this time regularly. So I need to figure out a way to make that up to him. He's he's a soft spoken guy. He probably didn't listen to the podcast to begin with. But uh, <laughs> but I will say, like I said, he's a deceptive O and two. He was he's a guy that uh, well, you know he's got some skills and he's he's a hossy dude. Well, let's keep it between us, man. Let's not tell them that we all picked against them. How about that? I mean, we yeah, don't that's probably – we'll just put that yeah, under. Let's, let's not say anything. Well, hey, right. you know, me and – me, Vince, and Justin were sitting right there and they're in that fight, and CJ and Zach, they were both – man, they were both right there, right in front of us. And CJ, you could see uh, see CJ's head bouncing up and down as those hammers were right. coming through. And Chris, this is, again – one of the one of the instances where Chris Bond was to the back of it and really couldn't see the damage that was being done, and yes, CJ jumped right back up as soon as Chris Bond pulled him off. But yes, the reason that CJ jumped right back up is because Chris Bond pulled him off of him. Like, 100%. There, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. If Chris Bond would have let that one go on, there could have been some serious damage done. And I agree 100% with that stoppage because I could see it, you know, four foot away from me just happening. It was a uh, uh, it was hard. It was hard to watch right there. But you know, CJ. You know, I'll, I'll say that he's got the words in, and he stepped right back up as soon as he, uh, you know, saw a lot. But uh, you know, and I really uh, was uh, anxious to see the CJ and you know, talent and Dale Dodds fight. To be honest with you, but uh, now we got a a, a bigger uh, uh, the bigger bang for our buck here. And like Justin said on during the show, uh, when you get two heavyweights in there, it turns from Cottonwood Joe's to you know JoJo's boom. Boom, boom, boom. You know? Hey, I will say this. You know, I, I do think now with it, you know, as you mentioned, it'll be Dale Dodds versus Zach Manning now, September 6th, next show for that Valor Strap. Uh, you know, talent's going to be – or not talent, but uh, but Manning, rather, is going to be able to match Dodd's size much, yeah. much, much big, closer. big boy. That's a big hey, what was the fight <laughs> where the dude uh, – well, what was the fight where the dude wrestled Chris Bond? Where he damn near fucking took him that down. Was, that was, uh, was that. That Blue was, uh, which one was that? that? Blue, Blue Angel. Angel. Blue I was Chorna Hus. Yeah, Chorna Hus. Yeah, Chorna Hus. Chris Bond got him. Chris Bond got him. I was like, hey, Drew. And he stopped instantly. I was like, Chris, what the fuck are you doing wrestling with? You say his name. Chris Owen won Bond. That's it's hilarious. Not, he got his back. Plus, he already lost to Dylan Fountain kickboxing. 
Yeah. Yeah. On the next card, we got to change. Uh, we got to change Chorna House's record on the next one. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He got a win and a victory that night. <laughs> who who you gonna find? No, they're saying with huh? his against Bond. Oh, for sure. You should give him credit for that shit. At least he at least had the knee bar on him. He's half a one. He's a point. He's a half a one in three now, isn't he? Uh, I give him that. If he got that, he got he took he took he took months back. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, all, in, in fairness, Chris is 145 pounds. That said, uh, moving on to uh, moving on to our feature bout. Uh, all of our panelists uh, bounced back and got this one right. Uh, it was Carter Beekman bouncing back from a loss to Emery Norred with a big knockout over uh, the uh, the Hammer of Justice. Uh, Darren Hastings KMAA he drops. From two and one to two and two, uh, the panelists had faded him time before last against Chornahus and uh, regretted it. And this time they faded him again, and it paid off. Uh, Beekman just just blitzed him from the from the onset, caught him early. He was kind of out on his feet. And at this point, just to give everybody an insight into what's happening here, uh, we they have pulled Chris Bond off of refereeing here and moved him to a, to a judge position uh, and bring in one of the judges, Michael Bow, who is uh, who does some refereeing as well uh he, he referees more in alabama and judges up here but he has refereed up here but they bring Bo in cold and uh Bo's way off the action and lets uh hastings take a beating a scary one he knocked him out cold uh and it was one of those that i was concerned uh he took a little bit more than he should have so uh we've got we you know we had to, we've erred on the side of caution and then we've let it go too long there was no doubt that this one was let go too long, but it was Carter Beekman who was really good. He's now with Blaylock's IMB. He's got a camp. He's no longer an independent, and he's a guy that uh, you know we've seen him fight in the past, and he showed a lot of talent and a lot of potential. But now we'll see if Chet Blaylock can can harness all that and uh, and get him you know game planning and uh, working up his skills on the ground and whatnot. He's a guy to keep an eye on, and we'll see him again in Saudi Daisy. All panelists got that one right. Let's go to Greg. Uh, another one where. Uh... You know, I felt bad for the referee here because that was pretty hard to watch with Darren. Because, like, like I said, I like Darren. Darren's good, good people. He really is. But, uh, uh, you know, and they, and I know they knew going into it, Carter Bickman had a good ground and pound, so they kind of wanted to say that. But I don't think that they, I think they kind of overlooked that Carter Bickman was uh, first and foremost is a boxer. Like he's got some boxing skill. I believe his dad boxed, and he works out a lot. You know, in the ring. You know. And that's how he kind of got started, and he's also wrestled. But I think they overlooked that, and uh, yeah, it could have been stopped a little sooner than it was because uh, you know Darren got lit up, and uh, I'm anxious to see where Darren goes from here because that that kind of that kind of um, that kind of loss puts a lot of things into perspective right there. And uh, uh, I, you know, and 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 on the on the other other side of the fence, I'm wondering who do we match up Carter with? Is Carter going to be on that Chattanooga card or is he, has he even asked yeah. to be on it or anything? Yeah. Yeah. Carter okay. is, uh, is eager to be on the card, uh, September 28th. And, uh, we're going to get him matched up here this week. I'm, I'm trying to think of some matchups that would be, uh, fun stylistically. I know there's a lot of them out there actually. So yeah, no doubt we'll be making some announcements for Carter here, uh, here real soon for, for that show. Um, let's see, moving on to our co-main event. It was Logan Neal taking on the undefeated Josh Miller. Josh Miller 4-0 out of KMAA and Logan Neal 4-4 four four 
out of Agoji Combatives in Chattanooga. And uh, this was a big step up in competition for Josh Miller here coming in undefeated. Uh, Logan Neal, uh, you know, and he's an experienced guy. He's been around. He's trained for a while. And uh, although his record isn't uh, pristine, he is, he's gone in there and he's fought tough guys. And he's, and he's just, you know, gotten uh, to be kind of a, a salty vet in there. You know, they're really close to, to making that pro turn, I would imagine. So uh, this one went all the rounds. It was a uh, it was a decision win for Logan Neal, uh, but both guys had very good showings. I thought uh, Miller uh, withstood the step up uh, admirably. Uh, certainly didn't get dominated. Uh, I think uh, Logan Neal uh, showed a little more. Um, uh, just uh, saltiness, if you will, uh, veteran presence on the ground. But, uh, you know, Josh Miller showing some heavy hands, and he affected Logan with some of his uh, strikes. And so I don't think either guy loses here. It was a good learning experience, I know, for Miller. And, uh, and uh, Logan Neal gets his record above 500 and uh, kind of puts himself in that title picture, I've got to imagine. Uh, so big win for him. Uh, it was Mark and Greg picking that correctly. For Logan Neal, it was Hobbs missing with Miller. Let's go to uh, – uh, Mark, let's go to Mark. Hey, you suck, Jeff. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I should have been I know. It's, it's, it's bizarre, man. I mean, even at the sniff test of this fight, you, you look at Logan, you know, and you would tell he's he's a little tougher in in the tooth. You know, he's he's seen better better stuff, and he's, I mean, to be a training partner at AKB with David Robbins and Joseph. I mean, Jesus, that takes a lot, man. So I don't think that yeah, I don't think Logan Neal's doing any training with Joseph. Go ahead. No, I mean in the past, in the past, oh, okay. that's what I was referring to. <laughs> not, not, not that day. But uh, you know, it, it just, it, he's just a tougher kid. It like, it's not, not, that doesn't take nothing away from Josh Norman. He fought a great fight. He, he wasn't scared going in there. He was ready to go there and do war. And uh, you know, uh, he, he wasn't finishing up his combos with the, with the right combination a lot of times, and uh, Logan would take advantage of it like that. And he seemed to have a little bit more wrestling prowess too. So, it's good job, Logan Neal, man. It's a hell of a fight to win. And then, of course, the main event: uh, two undefeated fighters going at it for the first ever VFC featherweight strap. It was Rambo Joe Long, the reigning Valor 155 champion. Dropping down to 145 uh, to take on the undefeated Silas. It's a wrap Reynolds out of Shield Systems in Knoxville. And uh, man, there was a lot of hype going into this one. Uh, two very talented guys coming off big, uh, big wins. And uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, it was Joseph Long uh, reigning supreme uh, pretty quickly. He, he got, uh, was it an anaconda? Um, yeah, I, the dar, 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 it was a Dars choke that, uh, that Logan locked up uh, pretty quick in the first round uh, and uh, moves to 6-0 and now in his MMA career. I looked and saw that that puts him as uh, the number one in the state, I think, right now. And uh, ranked pretty highly even in the southeast is, uh, as he is now a champ champ, featherweight and lightweight. He didn't like that cut so much, I don't think. Uh, not, But in my opinion, when he goes pro, this is where he's going to want to be because he's – I mean, he is a big featherweight, you know, and if he can uh, perform uh, with making that weight cut, I think when he's uh, fighting your upper tiers, uh, that's where ideally he will be. We'll see if he uh, agrees or not. Uh, Silas Reynolds made a post uh, where he retired after this one. Uh, so I'm sad to hear that because a lot of potential in Silas. He had some big wins, including a good one over Andrew Sturdivant. You know, uh, definitely a talented uh, competitor. So hopefully uh, this is just kind of a, a knee-jerk thing, and, and we'll, we'll get him back in there at some point. But if not, we wish him the best, of course, in the future. And thanks for, for uh, you know, all the great fights he's given us. Uh, like All the panelists got this one correct. 
with Rambo Joe Long. Uh, let's go to Jeff Hobbs. Um, man, you know, it's like, uh, well, hold on. I'm not sure what's going on with my phone here. Um, man, you know, it's an exciting fight, a lot of buildup. Um, you know, how do you say I hate that it ended so quickly, but um, hell, that's his job is to win the fight. You know, he doesn't owe us, um, yeah. you know, he doesn't owe us 15 minutes. Uh, and we definitely, well, have the amateurs, they don't get paid at all, but they don't get paid by the minute. Uh, so, um, the good thing is, is when, you know, somebody wins early like that, at least it's the guy who brought the most ravenous fans, uh, uh, the people that are having a great time. Uh, you know, I, I know we have to stay neutral and I, and I really, for the most part do, I don't, I try not to like really, uh, you know, uh, fanboy out on, on fighters. I've never have. Uh, I'm not a picture taking guy, but I love Joseph Long's fans. I'm a fan of his fans. When mm-hmm. I look at cards that you guys send in, um, Tim, when it says Joseph Long, I get excited because I know who's going to be there in the crowd. And I feel like I've got to know them. They make the event fun. Um, so it was a great way to end the card because the crowd had to stay to the end for the guy that they were there to see. So even though it was a fast fight and it ended quick, couldn't have ended any better for the Joe, for the fans, for the, sh- you know, for the show. Um, it was a great fight. I-, I-, I agree. I didn't know about the Silas Reynolds post. I, I-, I guess I'm not friends with him on Facebook. Um, so I had no clue there. I'm like you, I hope that's just kind of knee jerk. Um, but then again, maybe, you know, maybe it's not, maybe he is one of those guys that's like, Hey, you know, I was having a good time. I'm going to just, I'm sure he'll keep training. Uh, I'm sure he's not just going to stop going to the gym and things like that, but maybe it's just, you know, Hey, when, you know, as long as things were going good, it was going good. Um, but I'm just going to concentrate on other things in life, my family, uh, my job, things like that. I'll just keep training. Um, so I'm not saying it'll be the end of the world uh, for him to quit, but I just hope he doesn't. I know there's other fights. Uh, that definitely makes sense for Valor, for Silas Reynolds to be a part of. So. For sure. Um, uh, Did he you know, say that he's retiring uh, from amateur fighting or fighting in general? I thought that I thought that it pretty much conveyed that he was he was done fighting. Period. I, I don't think I, I you never, know I wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that uh, I wouldn't think that you know being with the camp he's with that they would endorse a, a pro turn after no. this. No, but I didn't know if he would like go Muay Thai, maybe switch it up for a little while. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I think. I think it's a knee jerk reaction. He'll if if you love the game, you know, if you're 100 percent love it, you know, you're gonna. You might take a while after a loss like that. But uh, yeah, no doubt. Maybe it's just knee jerk. What did you think about uh, Joseph Long, Greg? Oh, uh, I think that Valor made a boo boo on uh, on Friday night because uh, just because of we switching the card up and making the pros in the middle, and we gave away the uh, fight of the night submission and not award before the Cohen main event is usually they're the pros up there and whatnot. But I think in my opinion, that was a great fight with Blackwell Muniz. But I think that, I think that Miller and uh, Miller and uh, Logan, uh, Neil actually was probably five of the night. And, uh, and I think it was well-deserved by both of them. And, uh, and I honestly, I know the twister was impressive, but uh, I think that the Darce choke was better in my opinion. Uh, I think that they should have got that, but, far as that co-main event right there uh they both guys fucking that, that fight was awesome like it like and mario you get a mushroom or a, or a little green mushroom you level up dude both of those got like four four level ups during that fight because i mean the judges scorecards didn't render it this way but logan neil lost the second round 
and uh, going into the going into the uh, third round, I know it wasn't on paper, but it was one to one, you know. And Logan Neal was his rock so hard in that second round twice that all Logan could do was uh, think shoot, 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 and uh, you know, and uh, Miller, I don't think Miller was prepared for the ground game of Logan, and uh, it surprised me a great deal. And I trained with Logan, but his ground game surprised me a lot in that fight. And a uh, great learning experience for both guys and hats off to Josh Miller for stepping it up. Like, you know, two levels, you know what I'm saying? Just a fight and then getting another four in there. Like I was impressed by both guys in that fight. And that, that to me was fighting that, but in, in the Joseph long fight, you know, I said last week, you know, I can see this going into deep waters and see, uh, I'm say Reynolds. So I don't mess his name up. Silas Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I don't, I think that if it would have went in a different, you know, in a di- different way, in deeper waters, it would have been a better fight. But like Jeff was saying, you know, I hate to see it end so early. But, you know, I, I mentioned last week that I could see it ending early, early via submission because of the size difference with Joseph Long and just the experience he has on the ground. And uh, but uh, I just think that Joseph, uh, Joseph is on a new level. I think that Logan Neal is on a new level. And uh, both of those guys, uh yeah, they're they're getting praise when praise is deserved, but I think that they're uh, both underrated guys, you know, for the southeastern hemisphere, and uh, they could both of them are a force to reckon with, and both of them are close to the same weight. But you know, Joseph did say, you know, you know, Logan did say, I'm one of the best fifty fivers around, and then you know, and those those after his fight, he said, I'm the champ, champ now. I'm not I'm not calling nobody out. You know, if you want it, come and get it. So there's a a lot of good fights for Joseph to have coming up here in the next few months and a lot of good fights for them. I don't see him meeting anytime soon, but maybe down the line, um, because I don't see, I don't see Logan staying amateur very much, very long at all. And, uh, Joseph probably, it probably has a few more kickboxing fights and maybe defend his, uh, featherweight strap a couple times and maybe his lightweight again. And, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt, you know, seeing something down the line. Those guys are both good. So, uh, uh, yeah, I just uh, I I think we gave away the awards a little too soon on that. But you know, he'll still hats off to Munez and Blackwell. But I'm just excited to see what we got coming out of the future. I hope we can get you know Blackwell on the chat card and and Neil on the chat card. Yeah, I think that's the thing that we we definitely like to see happen. Uh, Mark, uh, parting thoughts from you on the main event. Man, what a fight! You know, I, I was really surprised when we walked up the second fight of that Darce choke. I was like, man, that's uh. He, he looked like he was you know, Silas was going to stand up, and he just didn't. And they lost that second round and rolled, and I was like, oh, shit. So, you know, nothing big worse than Silas, man. He's been a great, tough competitor, man. I, I hope that this is a knee-jerk reaction for him. I hope it's nothing positive or nothing permanent or anything like that. So, you know, but Joe's long, man. Champ, champ. What else can you say? And, of course, that brings us to uh, the end of that card. We've got uh, about a month before we're back in action, September the 6th. That's a loaded card, man. we got six pro fights on that one, two amateur title fights. We'll be talking a lot about that in the weeks to come. Uh, going over our tallies here, Greg Hopkins, 11-2 and two, uh, on the week. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark Law is 10-3, only one behind him, but still one behind. And then Jeff Hobbs, real rough week, 7-6. and six. For Hobbs, that brings our overall tally to uh, Greg uh, at 24 and three for Greg Hopkins. Mark is now four behind at 20 and seven. Hobbs is 18 and nine. Quite a bit of ground to cover, but this next uh, card is if there's ever one that is uh, going to be one to uh, potentially make up some ground. 
I think this is one because there are a lot of really hard fights to call uh, on this one. You know, you got your Billy Combs and Paul Teague. You got your uh, you got your uh, Tank and Alex Lewandowski. We got uh, three or four female fights, so uh, it's going to be a really good one. Uh, before we wrap this up, guys, biggest winner, biggest loser from this one. Let's start with Greg. Oh man, y'all, y'all coming back at it with the biggest loser again, and uh, again on this card, we didn't have a lot of losers. Uh, Maybe uh, I never mind. I, I, I okay. Uh, honestly, I think that Blackwell was the biggest loser of the weekend, and uh, just because I feel like he uh, he got one stolen from him, uh, and uh, along with uh, let's see here, biggest loser, you know Robert Hall for yeah. not showing up. You know, you you you, you rat bastard, you. You know, nah. I hope I wish him well. I hope he's okay for real. We don't really know what the hell happened to him. I don't know, but still, he's anyways. Big, biggest winner of the night. I'm not necessarily picking Logan Neal, but I'm picking that fight, that fight right there because you know Logan said himself, dude. I don't even remember the third round when he clocked me right there. Like I think that, I think I think Neal's back was to you, Tim and Jeff, and to and to KMAA over there. And and I'm telling you, if you've seen it from my angle, the the shot that Josh Josh landed on Neil was just a fucking hammer right down the pipe. And Logan ate it like a well, he didn't really eat it like a biscuit. He ate it like three, four, maybe six saltine crackers with no water because he was struggling out there and he he couldn't you know so he just immediately shot. So uh, you know, winner of the night is that fight itself right there. And I know I'm missing so much in here, and I apologize because there was there was just so many high level, there's all kinds of shit. That at one point in time, uh, Zach, the guy with the with the Minecraft tattoo, Zach, is that his name? Yeah, Zach Garner. Yeah, Zach Garner. That motherfucker defied the laws, defied the laws of physics in his fight. I don't know if y'all remember that, but I was sitting there. I was sitting there, and he was just like, well, I, I was trying to walk it through on flow, and I was like, oh, he needs to come out to the side. And then he just basically stands, like, he was under him, and he basically just stands straight up with him on top of him. And I was like, or are you fucking like, completely just defied just the law of the business? And this thing is so, for as far as move for the night, that was pretty sweet. But, uh, yeah, that's my biggest winner and biggest loser of the night right there. Uh, and, um, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Hobbs, biggest winner or loser? Uh, biggest win for me is Joseph Long, just because again, once again, he has elevated his status. He um, he keeps get just getting closer and closer to even more great things. Um, so Joseph Long is my biggest winner, biggest loser. Um, uh, Parker Wadman uh, for me. Um, you know, uh, he's in a fight. Well, he beat Chris Bond. <laughs> uh, he did give me Chris Bond, but he also took a he also took a loss on the record book. Uh, pull up his database, and he's got an L on there now, and that's what sucks uh, for him is that um, uh, you know his record is what suffers. I know personally and, and mentally, he will get past um, the, the L, but he'll never be able to get that off his record now. Um, so uh, Parker Wadman's uh, my biggest loser. Mark. Man, that's an amateur record. Now you checking that shit. It's like a school record or something. It's like a permanent record. Nobody looks at that shit. But he turns pro. Right, 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 right. right. So he, he'll be fine. Parker, Parker's going to be fine. He's a tough fucking kid. He's half, he's half Viking, it looks like. And he's tough as woodpecker lives, man. But uh, <laughs> the biggest winner has got to be Joseph Long, man. Champ, champ. Jesus Christ. I mean, you know how rare it is to win two championship belts, even as an amateur. I mean, it's some rare shit. 
Biggest loser of the night, it's a tie between Chris Bond and Greg Hopkins because they both suck. And, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Hopkins, get ready. You're going to lose your fucking lead next week, bitch. For me, man, I've got to go with, uh, I got to agree, you know, Joseph Long, uh, biggest winner, big win for him, uh, you know, champ, champ status. Uh, just a lot of momentum right now for him. Uh, honorable mention, of course, Logan Neal, Carter Beekman, big wins for them as well. Uh, then my biggest loser, mm, man, let's go with, uh, hmm. I'm going to go with, uh, I guess, Parker's the easy one uh, because of the way kind of things went down. But I'm going to just go off the beaten path here. And uh, hmm, let's go with uh, let's go with talent. You know, is a, it yep, was a yep. you know it was a, it was a weird finish, and uh, you know he was in line for a title had it not gone that way. So uh, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our recap of Valor uh, sixty two. Great night of fights as we look forward to Valor sixty three, which is gonna be September the sixth. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Thanks so much to my panelists for joining us. Uh, as always, uh, Mark Laws, Jeff Hobbs, Greg Hopkins. Uh, thanks so much to Shannon Young and Justin Watson, who were with us earlier. Uh, till next week, Valor Hour. We are out. Inertia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>is a Landry football quick fix on Radio Influence. Folks, I can't stress enough. You build a roster from the bottom up, okay? Um, so, you've, you know, so much is focused on who's the starting this or that. You're really missing everything if you don't pay attention to how the game is played. The depth factor, the rotation factor. If you're not building your roster from 53 on up and getting the right 53 and getting a chance to improve. Maybe it's the last three guys on your roster. If you can improve, you can get three guys from on somebody else's team that are better for you than the last three guys on your roster. And you don't do it because, Oh, maybe it's a, it's easier to coach the guys that we already have. And they're a little bit more in tune with the system and you bad bypass better players, you're going to pay for it in the end. That's where championship teams are built, are the ones that are very versatile in their coaching, very adaptable in their coaching, and understand how to match personnel with coaching. The Landry Football Podcast with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>